Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Hey guys, this is Russ, and this is the Overlook Podcast. Today we're going to get into the disappearance of Diamond Bynum. Diamond Bynum is a 27-year-old African-American female missing from Gary, Indiana. Diamond has a genetic condition called Prader-Willi Syndrome. This condition presents itself as creating mental disabilities. At the time of her disappearance, it was reported that she had the mental capacity of a five to seven-year-old. At the time, she was living with her father and stepmother. She had difficulties communicating with those not close to her. And on July 25th, 2015, Diamond's stepmother woke up from a nap and realized Diamond and her grandson, King, were not there. Stepmother had woken up from her nap about 11 a.m. Diamond and King were last seen at Diamond's parents' home on the 500 block of Matthew Street in Gary, Indiana, around 10.20 a.m. Now, Suzanne, Diamond's stepmother, states that she and King went down for a nap, and when she woke up, she realized King and Diamond were no longer in the home. She searched the house and then rushed to the streets to search for them. When she could not find them, she called her husband, who came home and searched the surrounding areas as well. When he could not find them, the police were called. The policeman who came out to the home to take the missing persons report actually stayed and searched around the area until his shift was over. But once he left, the police would not come out to search the area until the following Monday. Now, what we find out is that Diamond and her family had just moved to Gary, Indiana a few months before she disappeared. They had only lived in Gary since February of that year. They previously lived in Hammond, Indiana. This means that Diamond was not very familiar with the area at all. And King, he was just simply visiting his grandparents on the day that they disappeared. He typically visited them every weekend. Now, Diamond's father, Eugene, believes that King may have woken up from his nap and wanted to go outside. He speculates that maybe Diamond went with him or rather yet went after him. Family states that Diamond would watch King on occasion and she believed that she was his babysitter, but she never actually watched him alone. Whenever she was quote-unquote babysitting, she in turn was actually also being supervised by another. Now, King and Diamond disappeared on a Saturday morning, but as I stated a couple seconds ago, an actual thorough search by law enforcement was not done until Monday. And it's not 100% clear why this is. Now, family has spoken out about why police did not go out and do a search, but the police have never really fully commented on this time lapse. Diamond's father stated in a 2019 Facebook post that he went back to the police station and asked for more help after the initial cop stopped searching because the shift was over. The father states that he was told that their investigators didn't work weekends. The cops did not come out until that following Monday. And in fact, according to news articles, a K-9 unit wasn't used in the search until Tuesday. Now, when police came out, they did initially search neighborhoods nearby. Flyers were handed out to nearby residents were questioned, but no one remembers seeing them in that neighborhood. 
Now, eventually we find out employees at a local McDonald's reported seeing Diamond and King the day that they went missing. In fact, they claimed they gave the two food and watched them walk away. But this is before the two were known to be missing. The employees did not recall a third party being with them. Now, Diamond's Prater Willie syndrome caused her to be constantly hungry. In the past, she had taken food off the shelves in stores and taken them in remote areas like the bathroom to eat. So at first, it seems like there was a focus on places where she may have been able to get food. But besides the McDonald's sighting, no other business reported seeing the pair. Diamond King's family began to wonder if the two were abducted as more time passed on, as it wasn't very likely that the two could get very far, and it was extremely unlikely that they could get far without being noticed by others. Now, police in the very beginning did not believe this was the case. In the beginning, there was no clues that suggested kidnapping of any sort. But as time grew on, it became obvious more effort was needed. Mass text messages were sent out to the community about the pair's disappearance and billboard placements were set up and teams began sweeping abandoned buildings nearby, but the police just weren't getting the tips that they need. And according to an article from Random Medium, police swept every abandoned building in a 24-block radius and they still found nothing. Now, here's the thing about Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana is estimated to have over 13,000 abandoned buildings. In fact, in 2019, All That's Interesting did an article on the bleak outlook of Gary at the time, and they estimated that 20% of the buildings in the town were actually abandoned. The city was built around the U.S. Steel Corporation called Gary Works. Around World War II, Gary was booming. There was an explosion of growth, and the middle class was thriving. However, Just like the city boomed quickly, it seemed like the city kind of declined drastically as well. One third of the homes in Gary were reported in the Gary Department of Redevelopment as abandoned in 2013. So why do I bring this up? Well, because there was a big effort focused into looking for Diamond King in abandoned buildings and homes. But the amount of abandoned buildings and homes were just so massive that to this day, it's believed that not all homes or buildings were searched. As time went on, police began to jump on board with the family and wonder if foul play was involved. Did somebody take them? Diamond had a mental capacity of a five or six year old. And then on top of that, she had a toddler with her. She would not be able to take care of both of them and remain hidden in the area by herself. Police began to look into registered sex offenders in the area. And at one point, it looked like they were seriously looking into one particular person. But it was determined that this person was no longer a suspect after a while, and the police were back to nothing. In an article with the Chicago Tribune, a retired Porter County Sheriff and his bloodhound spent two hours tracking the pair scent, and his bloodhound led him to a neighborhood gas station. Now, there were other canine dog searches involved, and they also were able to track the pair to a couple places, uh, one place being railroad tracks about a mile away from their home. And these areas were a search where their scent stopped, but nothing was found. Now, a self-alert was eventually issued for Diamond on September the 2nd, 2015. But at this point, the pair had already been missing for a week. And in October of 2016, a year later, the Northwest Indiana Major Crime Task Force decided to take another look into the disappearance. But it seems like they found nothing of substance as no new break was made in the case. And while all this is going on, 
since the very beginning, the family has had to deal with a lot of stuff on social media. On social media, the family had to deal with people accusing them of being involved in Diamond and King's disappearance. In fact, Diamond's father, Eugene, had someone hack into his Facebook account and write a fake confessional posting it on his page. King's mother also received backlash from social media users. At one point, people were posting accusatory questions about where was she and why was King at his grandparents' house. It seems at one point that threats were even sent to King's mother. At one point in time, there was a body of a toddler found in a lake in Chicago, and people in an area were holding their breath, wondering if this was King. King's mother came out at some point and said that she did not believe that this was her son while they were still determining the identity of the toddler. And for some reason, people took this and decided to turn against the mother in this moment and toss more hate towards the family simply because the mother says she has faith that her son is still alive and she's not claiming that this was her son. Now, people also threw accusation towards Diamond's stepmother. All around the web, you'll see people asking questions like, and how could she sleep through the pair leaving the house? And how could she not feel a toddler getting up out the bed? Unfortunately, social media has been a bit of a headache for the family. The family has set up a Facebook page in efforts of finding Diamond King, but the page was not always filled with people wanting to leave tips or help with searches. The family has had its share of commenters that came into the group with accusations and divisive comments. In August of 2019, Diamond's father Eugene made an announcement on the page stating, and I quote, Number one, my wife and I have both passed polygraph tests. Number two, the FBI is not involved in this case. Number three, the police department are not actively searching for Diamond and King. Number four, my daughter and I both have given blood, so if they were ever located dead or alive, their DNA would be flagged. Number five, my team has searched Gary thoroughly. The FBI has searched Gary thoroughly. The task force has searched Gary thoroughly in that order. Number six, I celebrated my daughter and grandson's birthday, same as I always have, but family, I don't do balloons or whatever else some people think I must do to prove that I love them. Hashtag Diamond Diamond and King Walker. Number seven, we need your help to find Diamond King. I believe they are alive. We need real help. This group has many people from many cities and states. Let's take advantage of that. They could be anywhere by now. Please let's organize and work as one. I'm currently working on a way to do that. Number eight, does anybody have any questions? In that same August 2019 post shared on Facebook, uh, I went through the comments, even on that particular post, you had some people who jumped in the comments and left remarks that had a little bit of a bite to them, even though the father's whole purpose of writing this was to answer questions that had been asked on the page for a while and to also let them know, hey, you have other questions, I'm here, I'm online now, I'll be answering and following back up with you. One person questioned how deeply someone can sleep without noticing a child waking up and leaving. I've seen multiple times on multiple forums, on multiple comments and articles, videos and posts. A lot of people have questioned this, but I want to be very clear that the police have never once indicated that they believe the family is involved with the disappearance at all. 
This family has been extremely cooperative since the start, and they still heavily champion this case on social media and in the public. Diamond and King went missing in 2015, but I can't find articles all the way up to this year where the family is sitting with the press, talking, being interviewed, giving as much information as they can. And then also, again, we have that the family have taken polygraph, have given DNA, have been as cooperative as they possibly can. So I definitely just want to throw that out there because you'll see a lot of people throw fingers at the family, though there's really not any evidence and it's really obvious because I have read cases and come across cases where there is a little bit of oddness with the family where you're like hmm that doesn't make sense that doesn't add up and yet people really don't speculate on the family that much but here we have a case where you have the family doing all the things that we would like to see a family do in these type of situations and some areas of social media you'll just see people really not being very kind to them and again it's just odd i've even seen comments of people giving the family backlash for believing that diamond king are still alive and then trying to use that as evidence that something is wrong with the family instead of seeing this as a family who just still has hope now everything the father said in this facebook comment seems to match up with everything that i have read now go and log in a Facebook page and a post ran on October 2nd, 2021. Someone posted a comment in which they talked about how their boyfriend lived near Diamond's family home and how the boyfriend has always stated that he believed a neighbor was involved in the pair's disappearance. This user says that their boyfriend talked about how the neighbor had blood stains on the ceilings of their home. In their comment, they said that this neighbor is currently deceased, but they never come back to answer any questions. Of course, after making a comment like that, people follow up and ask them, okay, have the police ever searched this person's home? Are the police aware about them? Have they been investigated? Questions like that. But this person just kind of leaves that comment and then never returns. So we don't even know if this is true or not. Now, since Diamond and King disappeared, there have been unconfirmed sightings of them in Gary, Indiana, Hammond, Indiana, and Chicago. But again, the key word being unconfirmed um, sightings. In an article of the Chicago Sun, it say that some family members believe that a local gas station is a big part of the case. Now, this gas station is where their scent was picked up on and lost by a search dog. In this article, it's reported that someone also placed them there. However, surveillance was really iffy with this place. So when we first hear about their scent being picked up and located to this particular gas station, it's reported that this gas station had deleted their surveillance. And then as you go on in the timeline, a little while later, you'll see articles picked up saying, no, there has been surveillance that have been recovered from this gas station. And from what's recovered, that there is no surveillance of Diamond or King on the tapes. However, the whole story with the gas station is just very odd and you kind of don't really know what to believe because at one point in time, it appears that the police paints the picture that they asked for surveillance from this gas station several times, but the gas station refused to turn it over, really made a big fuss about it and eventually got it turned over. But from what they could get, they did not see Diamond and King. But here's the thing. 
there is a local news source called the Gazette, and they ran an article in which they spoke to the gas station manager and asked about the surveillance issue. Well, according to their sources, they say no. The police actually never asked them for surveillance at that point, and they had no problem turning over the surveillance. And we do find out that the surveillance is turned over, but nothing is found on the tape. However, because we have that narrative of their police saying, yeah, they didn't want to give it over to us, it kind of just casts suspicion on the space, especially if you go to different forums. There's a lot of people having speculations over was this gas station trying to hide something and so forth. But as you dig deeper and deeper into this, you notice that police have a pattern of dropping the ball when it comes to doing things in this case and then trying to cover up why they dropped the ball and making it seem like it's not their fault. And it's actually the police in this case that have really been the ones to not give answers as to why they are doing things or they're not doing things or why they've taken so long to do things. So I don't think it's too far of a stretch that what the gas station said is possibly true, that no, they actually were never asked for surveillance and that Hmm. Someone may have been trying to cover their behinds by saying, oh yeah, no, we've tried. They've been making it difficult. I think that's also something that we need to keep in mind. Now, in August of 2015, there were rumors sightings of the pair at a bus stop in Hammond, but again, no one could confirm this. And there were several sightings in Chicago. Like the other ones, these sightings weren't confirmed, but a lot of the Chicago sightings were in the same area. So first, we have a sighting of the pair at a white castle on 111th Street in Halstead. Then we have another reported sighting of them at Checkers in 115th Street in Halstead Street. And then there's another reported sighting on 119th Street and Normal Street. Now, all these sightings are pretty much the same general area. And on top of that, all of these sightings report them with an unknown woman each time. Here's the thing, Chicago isn't that far off from Gary, Indiana. In fact, you'll see a lot of Chicago news sources covering this case pretty frequently, almost just as heavily as you see it being covered in Indiana. In fact, just a few months after they went missing, a male toddler was found in a lake in Garfield Park in Chicago, and people immediately began to wonder, was this possibly King? But the thing is, it was actually confirmed rather quickly that this was not King. Now, fall of 2016, a severed head was found in McKinley Park Lagoon, and police released a sketch of this head. Now, this head did resemble Diamond. In fact, reports state that Diamond had a mole on one of her cheeks, and this person also had a mole on one of her cheeks. However, this was confirmed not to be her. But because of the strong resemblance, you'll start to see around the web, people start asking again, where is Diamond? Where is King? Unfortunately, no new answers have ever came forward. The family struggles with not really knowing what's going on in this case. As they state, police have not kept them up to date with what they're doing. King's father, Joshua Williams, is quoted by WGN9 Chicago as saying, they haven't contacted us with any information on what they're doing. In this same article, other family members are also quoted with the same concerns. We have one family member that says, I'm so tired of going through this. This has been six years that I have to force people to do their job. I need some answers. I need to know what happened. I need closure. At this point, the family has grown frustrated with the whole process. King's mother, Ariana Walker, is quoted by Chicago Times as saying, I don't feel like they've been helpful at all during this whole process. 
it kind of feels like they've been fighting us every step of the way. And a lot of people on social media agrees with the family. You'll see people all over the web talking about how it seems the ball was just dropped very early on in the investigation. And people are wondering, is this the reason why they won't let others in to investigate? Even over the years, the press has asked, why hasn't the police turned this case over to the FBI? Or why is the police refusing to give files to a private investigator? But these questions are met with silence. In most articles that I've read, at least since 2016, at some point in the article, they mentioned that their calls and emails to the police have gone unanswered. Now, police spokesman Jack Hammity states, we have received tips regarding sightings of them throughout the country, and we have sent leads to outside agencies if needed to follow up on tips for Gary. We have had the Indiana State Police NWI Major Crime Task Force assist in the case as well. As of now, it's still active. If anything new comes in, we do follow up on all leads. And while that sounds fine and dandy, many do wonder, well, is this really doing all you can do? Again, family has asked for the police to turn this over to the FBI, but they have not. The FBI has supplied investigation resources to help with the case, but they have not actually taken over the case. And it also seems like that was just during a very short period of time. The family states that their calls are going unanswered, and they've spoken out multiple times throughout the years about the department's lack of communication surrounding this case. As of now, the family is still doing interviews with the press on anniversaries and keeping the Facebook page and so forth up to date. But, but as of now, we are no closer to figuring out where Diamond and King is than we were in 2015. So before we jump into theories, here are some of the questions that I think it's important that we ponder over. One, why is the police so slow to do, well, everything in this case? The silver alert took over a week. We never got an amber alert whatsoever. And then let's not forget about NamUs. Diamond and King's name were not submitted into NamUs until 2019. In fact, from what I found, the police weren't even the ones that submitted the pair's information to NamUs. From what I can find on WebSloops, a podcaster is actually the person who submitted their name to NamUs in 2019 because they realized that they did not have a NamUs profile. Keep in mind, they have been missing since July 25th, 2015. So briefly, let me go over what NamUs is exactly. NamUs stands for National Missing and Unidentified Person System. This is a system where the whole purpose is to bring missing and unidentified persons' information together in one place to help resolve missing person cases. Anyone can search this database by simply going to namus.nij.ojp.gov. And you just go to this website, you can type in a name, or you can look through the database and find out information on missing person cases or cases of unidentified individuals. Now, not all case information is accessible to everybody. Sensitive data is only available to professionals such as law enforcement, medical examiners, etc. But anybody can become a user and look at the basic information, and anybody can submit a new missing persons case into NAMIS. Now, with that said, Knowing that this is a national database that is used by professionals all over the country, why didn't the police submit their information? Why did it take a podcaster in 2019 to realize their name is not in this database, this widely used, well-known database for missing persons? It was not there. It took a whole stranger not related to the case to submit that. 
questions like that surround this case. Lots of things weren't done in a timely manner. And we know when it comes to cases of missing individuals, when it comes to cases in general, time is of the essence. And then let's go back to the fact that that silver alert was not released until a week after the pair have been missing. Again, a time of the essence issue. The same thing can be said with the pair being reported missing on Saturday, but a full search not being conducted until Monday. And again, we heard the reason the father was given why they didn't come out and search, but this is a question the police department has managed to avoid answering since 2015. They have never officially addressed that question. Now, we do have them finally come out and address the question of why an Amber Alert was never filed. Gary Police Spokeswoman Lieutenant Westerfield said that King Walker didn't qualify for Amber Alert because he was with Diamond Bynum, who was 21 years old at the time of their disappearance. And so that would not have qualified him because he was not a child missing by himself. He was with an adult. However, many have greatly criticized the department for this decision for several reasons. But one of the biggest reasons being that, yes, Diamond was was 21 years old however she had the mental capacity of a child as well and many believe that the case probably would have turned out a bit different we would have had at least a little bit more information if this was a better made decision Next, I have some questions about the unconfirmed sightings. I have the sightings in Chicago, and those leads seem like something we're focusing on, especially since we have several people calling saying that they've seen them, that they've seen them in a, a very particular area. Each time this area is kind of close to one another, and each time they reported that this is with a woman. But so far, I have not been able to find any good speculation on who this woman can be. Now, let's remember, Diamond has Prader-Willi syndrome, which can come with a bit of a behavioral issues. And in fact, her family speaks about her needing medication to kind of control some of these behaviors and symptoms. But we're hearing that she's spotted with some woman. And I'm wondering, is this someone she already knew? Does the family have any connections with somebody already in the Chicago area that she would have went with willingly? Now, let's get into the theories. First, I want to say that this case has a ton of theories out there. There's no way for me to even cover all of them in one podcast episode. And a big part of that is because we really don't have any evidence. So a lot of the theories are just pulled from out of the air. There's not really a lot of evidence that you can grapple into and go, how? Well, because of this, this makes sense. With that being said, I had decided to lump the theories into five sections. So the first cluster of theories surrounds family involvement. Basically, with these theories, you'll hear on different forums and discussion boards, people who believe that family was somehow involved in the disappearance of Diamond and King. With this, you have those who suspect the stepmother. There are a lot of people suspicious of how the stepmother could sleep through King getting up out the bed. And then you also have those that focus more so on King and Diamond leaving the house. To me, these suspicions aren't enough to cause the type of speculation that I have seen on the stepmother around the web. As a mother who has a child that likes to sneak in my bed and then sneak out my bed during all hours of the night, let me just be very clear. It's not hard to sleep through that. I don't think this is something that is particularly suspicious. King was a toddler. Unless they were cuddled up together in her arms, it's very easy for her to have slept through him getting up out of bed. I mean, how many people have waken up on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon and your spouse is no longer in the bed and you didn't feel them when they got up to go to the bathroom or whatever? And that's a much heavier body than a small toddler. I just think the speculation over staying asleep as King got out the bed 
said or as they left the house really isn't enough to cause the type of suspicion that I have seen when it comes to this case. Next, you have those who focus on the father. There's a lot of people who want to know where the father was at the time of the disappearance. Why wasn't he at the home? And people have said, oh, it's very suspicious that he wasn't at the home at the time that they disappeared. Uh, to me, this isn't suspicious. They disappeared on a Saturday morning. And while I cannot find exactly where the father was, I think him not being at the home is not something crazy suspicious. This was 10 something, 11 something a.m. on a Saturday. This was not 11 p.m. at night. This was not 1 a.m a.m. in the morning. This was not suspicious hours. A lot of people get up and run errands. Another thing a lot of people don't seem to not keep in mind with the suspicion of the father is that the dad has been a very strong advocate. He gives tons of interviews. He has not given up hope. You can still find recent interviews of him talking about the case, talking about Diamond, talking about King, still rallying for people to send in tips. Not only that, he voluntarily gave his DNA and so forth. He's one of the biggest advocators asking for the FBI to step in on this case. And while, yes, we definitely have perpetrators that like to insert themselves into the case, usually they don't give their DNA eggs for the FBI to come in. That just seems like a slippery slope to easily getting caught. It's just one of those things to keep in mind. The same can be said with King's parents. There are some people who mostly I see heavily against King's mom that want to know, well, why wasn't she there? And where was she? Why is King there on the weekend? And we have to keep in mind, it's not uncommon for people to have days for their kids to go spend with their grandparents. Sometimes you have the grandparents watch the kids so you can go to school. Maybe she's doing afternoon classes or so you and hubby can have a date night or simply because the grandparents love their grandkids and want to see them on a regular basis. So I don't think this is odd and I just don't understand the logic behind that whatsoever. Next, we have the group of theories that pretty much surround this being a crime of opportunity, possibly being enticed by a stranger. With this subset of theories, you'll basically get a lot of random ideas being thrown out there with all of them pretty much surrounding King running outside and Diamond chasing him or Diamond and King deciding to go for a walk together and someone noticing Diamond struggling with a young child. Because Diamond had limited verbal skills and Diamond walked with a very pronounced look, People wonder if someone noticed that Diamond was disabled and realized that she and King were alone and just decided to take advantage of this chance opportunity. Now, with these theories, you'll have people jump from someone offering them a ride back home and then taking them elsewhere to them going to abandoned home to escape the sun because it was summertime when they disappeared and people just walking in on them and realizing like, oh, here is a person who is mentally delayed, a young child, and taking advantage of that opportunity. Next, you have a cluster of theories about the pair being enticed by someone they knew. This theory really focuses on Diamond. And though Diamond had only been in Gary a couple of months, Gary, again, it's only about 15, 20 minutes away from Hammond, where she grew up. And it, people theorize that it's not uncommon that she could have just ran into somebody from her own town. And because she was lost, felt comfortable going with them. And unfortunately, that person did not bring them back home. Also, with this theory, you'll notice there are some people that wonder if she met a man online and set up a time to meet him and this person wasn't who she believed he would be and it's just kind of one of those theories that when it comes to young girls disappearing people throw out a lot because it is a thing that happens but again 
We find out that Diamond has the mental capacity of a five to seven year old and she had limited communication skills. I just highly doubt that she met a stranger online and was able to carry out a conversation long enough for them to plot something like this. But this is a theory that you will see out there. Another cluster of theories you can see is that Diamond and King were taken out of the area. Now, how they were taken out of the area, some say they accidentally got lost on the bus or something like that and ended up somewhere like Chicago. However, the theory is that they are alive, they're just not in the area. And so they are able to go around unnoticed. Now, the last cluster of theories that you'll really see on this case is the abandoned building theory. And this theory basically spawns out of the fact that Gary has a lot of abandoned buildings, that Gary kind of has a history of all sorts of things happening in abandoned buildings and these things being not discovered until years and years later and after the fact. So you will see some people suggest that maybe again, it's hot, they were looking for some place to go and they got lost in one of these abandoned buildings and weren't able to get out. Now, as of right now, we are without clues. We are without directions. No one even knows why Diamond and King left the house in the first place, but there is a family searching and asking for help, for answers and for closure. So I ask that if you have any information about the whereabouts of Diamond Bynum and King Walker, to call the Gary, Indiana Department tip line at 866-274-6347 or 219-898-0059 if you want to speak to an officer directly. As of now, that is all the information that we have on this case. But hopefully somebody out there has some information that will bring us closer to finding Diamond and King. As always, if you go to my Instagram, the overlook underscore podcast, you will find pictures of both Diamond and King. Also, the Gary Police Department tip line number and information up there. Now, until next Sunday, stay safe, stay vigilant, and I have a new episode for you guys next Sunday. Bye. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.